has movement. What causes that movement? You know what causes the movement? Heat. Heat from processes within the planet's interior. Oh, come on now. Oh, I feel like running right now. Heat is what causes change. This is science we're talking about here, okay? Heat causes change. It causes the interior portion of the crust to move. And sometimes they move away from each other, which is a natural process. This is what's called tectonic shift. The earth, as we know the earth, the mantle, the mantle of the earth, is heated and cooled over millennia. The outer crust broke up, in essence. And that's what causes the plate motion today. And when tectonic shift happens, guess what that is? That's called, in layman's terms, an earthquake. Mm -hmm. So heat causes change in the interior parts, which brings a surface change by the purpose and through the means of earthquake. We just saw that Haiti had earthquake. There has been earthquakes in many places, in many continents, over the history of this planet. But yet we're still over seven billion strong. Change has occurred. So one thing we know about generational building, we have to understand that even as it is a natural, so it is in the spiritual, generations cannot stay exactly it, as it was from the beginning. Change happens over the course of generations. And without change, there's no growth. Without heat, there is no change. So sometimes we are in the fire. Or there's a fire within. I'm jumping ahead of myself. And that fire within is what causes the change to your outer atmosphere. To the outer layers. Generational building. We're talking about this. Let's go into, I'm going to read us a few verses out of actually 1 Kings chapter 2. I love this because this is actually one of my favorite passages in the scripture when it comes down to generations and transformation is first kings chapter 2 verses 1 through 9 this is towards the end of king david's life and his communion and his uh transfer of power to his son solomon all right look here it says when david's time to die approached. He gave, look at this, he gave instructions to Solomon, his son. So we have to understand when, before, I'm going to go piece by piece, line by line, precept by precept. When the older generations come to their point of sunset, it is imperative that they give instructions to the next generation 
of their lives. Instructions must occur. Sons and daughters must sit down and sit with their elders to hear the instructions on how to be successful in future generations. Even as the earth crust moves, as there's shift and there's place, so does generations. So there's heat that occurs, and heat is a transfer of power that makes change happen. Look at this. Verse 2. I am going all I'm going the way of the earth as dust to dust. Be strong and prove yourself as a man. Verse 2. Verse 3. Keep charge of the Lord your God. To walk in his ways, keep his statutes, his commandments, his precepts, his testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, so you may succeed in everything that you do and wherever you turn. And look at this, verse 4. So that. Everybody say, so that. So <laughs> okay. that. Put that in your screen. Say, so that the Lord may fulfill his promise concerning me, saying that your sons are careful, reading their way of life to walk with me with truth in their heart, their mind, their soul, and you shall not fail to have a descendant on the throne of Israel. God makes a promise to one generation that they will have descendancy in leadership. It's important. God gives promise to one generation that is carried throughout in the next generation. And there must be instructions that go transfer from one generation to the other. Look at this. Verse 5. And this is where it gets real sticky. At the end of your at the end of one generation, they cannot, they must not sugarcoat. They must give the fire of what their life was about. Because without the fire, as we see in the earth, there's no change. So there must be fire, even as transfer is given. Look at this. Verse 5. You now you know what. Joab, the son of Zeruah, my sister, did to me and what he did to the two commanders of the armies of Israel, to Abner, the son of Ner, and to Amasa, the son of Jether, both of whom he murdered, avenging the blood of war in a time of peace. He put the innocent blood of war of Abner and Amasa on his belt that was around his waist and the sandals of his feet. So verse 6, act in accordance with your wisdom, but do not let his gray head go down to Sheol in peace. But be gracious and kind to the sons of Barzillai, the Gideite, and let them be among those who have the honor to eat at your table. For they met with me in kindness when I fled from your brother Absalom. And look, you have with you Shimei, the son of Gera, the Benjamite of Baruim. He is the one who cursed me with a sinister curse the day I went to Mahaniam. If I said it right. But he came down to meet me at the Jordan on my return. And I swore to him by the Lord, saying, I will not put you to death with a sword. But now... Do not let him go unpunished. 
For you are a wise man. You will know what to do with him. And you will bring your gray head down to shield covered with blood. Okay, Prophet Shante, before I go on. Go ahead, Prophet. I really want to read those again in the message because I want people to understand the instructions that were given. Right. Okay. He told him, don't forget what Joab, son of Zeruah, did to the two commanders of Israel's army. He murdered them in cold blood, acting in peacetime as if he were at war and has been stained with that blood ever since. Mm. By no means let him get off scot-free, make him pay. But be generous to the sons of Barzillai the Gileadite, extend every hospitality to them, because that's the way they treated me when I was running for my life from Absalom, your brother. You will also have to deal with Shimei, the son of Gera the Benjaminite, the one who cursed me so viciously when I was on my way to Mahanaim. Later, when he welcomed me back at the Jordan, I promised him under God that I won't put you to death. But neither should you treat him as if nothing ever happened. Right. You're wise. You know how to handle these things. You'll know what to do to make him pay before he dies. So one thing is very clear. For one generation to succeed, they have to know who the adversaries of their generations are and who are the assets. It must be clear. Today in this age, everybody wants to have a kumbaya. They want to have this soul. You know, everybody's wonderful. God loves everybody. Yes, he does. But it must be clear. The heat is the truth about what people have done. People who are unrighteous, people who were unjust, people who shed innocent blood. It's very clear that you make the next generation aware of who these individuals and organizations are. Mm -hmm. People don't want to face the heat because they don't want to sit there and dig up old wounds or whatsoever. But the fact of the matter is just as generational shifts to be successful as the earth was successful in all these millennia and all these millions of years, millions of centuries, we have to understand that heat is what causes change. And if you want to see change, you have to bring the heat. You have to tell the truth. A lot of people cannot handle the truth. You have to tell the truth about what unrighteous acts happened in your generations so the next generation can know what is going on. So they will not be blindsided. There are many schemers and plotters. There's so many people out there who want to pretend that everything is okay with the following generation so they can get a pass about the evil they did to the previous generation. But as is shown in the scripture, the Old Testament is a schoolmaster for us. It's for us to learn and to understand and to comprehend. We have to understand that for the shift to occur, for success to happen in Solomon's leadership, carrying on the descendancy of the king of Israel, Judah, David, for his, because God promised David that his throne will go on forever. 
And so the very first thing David does to continue for the throne to go on is to be clear about the experience he had that was a danger to the kingdom. Prophet. Because there are generational allies and there are generational enemies. Mm -hmm. And we're actually, you know, a good example of that right now is we have an administration in office that has been a generational enemy to a certain group of people. They initiated some laws and policies that became an enemy to a whole generation of people. And people want to brush that under the rug and ignore it. But if we ignore certain things about a previous enemy to a generation, you'll have another generation that repeats. That repeats. You can't re See, what happens is the earth changes so that it can stay habitable. The heat that separated the continents actually expanded the earth. There's no expansion without heat. So telling the truth, bringing the heat about what has going on in your current generation is something you must understand so generational curses don't keep going forward in the descendants of your life. David's heat. He was at his old age. He wasn't a fighter anymore. He was weak, but he had an internal combustion that had to be released that causes a tectonic plate shift in the leadership between him and Solomon. Matter of fact, if you understand the story, David's warfare, his ministry was one of worship and warfare. The tectonic plate shift happening with Solomon was a time of peace. So there was a transfer of power, but there was a shift in leadership style mm -hmm. and climate. That was generational climate change. Mm -hmm. Peace and wisdom. David had fire and warfare and worship. He was a fugitive. He was a fugitive. He was, um, you know, worshiped while he was in the wilderness. He, 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 get, he was the architect of the temple. So there's things he's able to do. But at the end of his age, for his works of his whole generation, of his whole life to be successful, he had to bring the clarity about who's an ally and who's an adversary. Mm -hmm. By doing that, he gave Solomon the opportunity to eradicate the threats to the future of the kingdom. That's what we must be doing. We must understand that we have to, in order for you to build, in order for Solomon to build the temple, because David was the architect, but Solomon was the contractor. Solomon had to do some excavation of fallow ground in his leadership. I'm speaking in parable. When you, before you can build a house, you have to clear the ground. You have to clear the soil. You have to treat the soil for insects and stuff. You have to dig and you have to excavate. Mm -hmm. 
The first several months, the first few months of construction deals with the hauling away of the unwanted material on the grounds. So for the building, to build a generation, you have to excavate. David made it clear to Solomon what was to be excavated and what was to be kept. Mm -hmm. <sighs> My God. Amen. I hope you're getting some out of this today. Amen. This is powerful. We may have heat from the sun, which is external. We know a lot of people around actually this nation are feeling a heat wave. But a heat wave doesn't change the plates. So heat from the outside is really not that transformative. It's the heat from the inside that is transformative. So you got to remember, it's fire and the combustion, the internal combustion is what must be released in one generation for there to be motion in the future generation. Mm -hmm. You have to understand, what makes a vehicle move is a spark plug. A spark plug is what, when you turn that ignition, there's a little explosions that happen. It's internal combustion that happens. That's explosiveness that happens. Spark plugs bring explosiveness inside the internal combustion engine so that the fire of that combustion can propel the vehicle forward. Just how the inside of the earth there's combustion that happens and that's what causes movement and expansion, the same thing that must happen with that generation. We cannot, our old people have fire in them. Our elders have fire within them. You may, you may not see it around them because they might be quiet. They might be reserved. I mean, they're old. You know, they're, they, you know, most people are physically tired. But if you give them a spark, there is an internal combustion that happens and they begin to speak and release what it is within them to help us to grow and be successful. Prophet. And the way that you spark that fire in your elders is when you submit your ear to listen. Oh, that's good. When you, when you submit your ear to listen and you sit at their feet and you understand that their experiences may not mirror every single thing that's happening in your life, mm -hmm. but the principles that they have inside of them based on their experiences can help you in your, in your journey. That's good. So we understand something. David was a fighter. Solomon saw how David had to fight. But Solomon was not a fighter. So there may be things that you may watch your elders do that you may not even have to deal with in your lifetime. Mm -hmm. Because of the tectonic playship, there are some things that they are doing in their life so that your life could be one of peace and wisdom. But you have to understand that you must hear what they experienced. 
You must hear their stories so that you can have the appropriate level of transfer to accent your wisdom as you move forward. Look at this. The Lord spoke to me. He said this to me that the fire that is in the earth is the same fire that it was millions of years ago. The fire has not changed. So what happens is that old and timeless fire is within every generation. But what happens is that fire must come to the surface for there to be change. The fire cannot stay buried. The fire must come to the surface. It must, it must ignite. It must, you know, it, as one, you know, look at science, it's like they say it's radio, radioactive. Everybody's trying to do radioactive type of explosion, which is nuclear. <laughs> That's the worst kind. But the fact of the matter is that without acknowledging the fire from old, there could be no transformation for the now and the, and the next. Here's, let's, make it, let's look at Jesus' life. Jesus himself did not forget his pain. He not, did not forget the fire that he experienced. Look at this. Jesus Christ himself showed the next generation that he was training. Jesus showed him them his wounds. He showed them his wounds. He showed them his wounds from the world's most famous hate crime. He sent his followers as new leaders by the remembrance of his suffering, by the remembrance of his fire. They expanded across the earth because of the fire of the suffering of Christ being transferred to their knowledge base. And the resurrection. And the resurrection. The remembrance of the suffering from hate crimes, it was the fire for moving forward. The very remembrance of fire that our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus is what empowers the next generation of leaders. The fire within us is the spark that plugs and powers generators. Generators is from generate. Generate is the foundational word for generation. So generations actually means progression and movement. Hmm. Here's something that's interesting how the Lord gave me. The Lord says that the adversary may pour the gas. They may pour the gas in you. When I say gas, I say trouble. A lot of times we understand that in many, many stories, in many, many stories of great worldwide, world famous transformers, one thing that was a common denominator was the oppression 
pain and suffering that they experienced, which became the fuel that sparked them to go forward. We have Aretha Franklin in a movie coming up. That's out now. Go see it. <laughs> Safely see it. Use your mask if you go out to the theater. But anyway, what I'm saying is that a lot of times we want to discount what the adversary does because the adversary may bring the fuel, but if you have a spark within, if you have a fire within, that fuel that they give you, which they may consider as trouble, will actually propel you forward. Now, we're not saying that you want to be a doormat to adversaries. We're just saying that you don't sit there and take what they're dealing with, but you learn from what they're trying to deal with you about and use that as fuel to move forward, not be destroyed. The weapon may form. The weapon may form, but it does not prosper. Mm -hmm. It doesn't prosper toward evil. It does not prosper towards evil, but it prospers towards your good. Because the scripture does say in Matthew chapter 7, Blessed are you when people, when men persecute you, revile you, and say all men of evil falsely against you. That's when Jesus talks about you being blessed. Mm -hmm. People don't want to hear that. They want to have that name it and claim it. <laughs> have it and grab it and have it. You know, let's get wealthy, let's get all this stuff, but they don't want to understand the persecution and the, revel and the reviling. It's those very things that is what caused the gospel to expand across the earth. Because just how there was one plate, there was one continent in the beginning of this earth. And the fire within the earth spread out the continent. So there was many continents now, not just one. Same thing we got the gospel started in one era. The Middle East. I mean, not the Middle East, but Northeast Africa. And the fire of the adversary fueled the power of God within the followers of the way to expand the work of Christ across the world. Very synonymous process. The one thing that I must say is that you cannot erase or forget the works of oppression that came in generations prior. The genocidal work of, a, of shadow slavery. We have the Holocaust. You have human trafficking labor trafficking, all these different things that have happened throughout this earth because of sin and oppression, what they do, they bring forth some great leaders that help us to move forward. If you look at the level of slavery, the level of horror that was done to try to permanently mar God's image, Every type of thing that has come out throughout the generations did not destroy. 
But we got to understand the very remembrance of these things is what brings them us mobility to move forward. Moses was able to move forward to worship by the remembrance of the Passover. The exodus of Egypt was something to be remembered for generation to generation. So no matter how heavy the oppression tries to come, no matter how much fire, I mean, no matter how much trouble people try to bring to you, understand, let the Holy Spirit spark within. Let the fire of the Lord combust within. And you can go forward and move forward and oppressors won't have the best of you. They won't best you. But as we clear, let us be clear. Listen to what the generations before us have, have had to deal with. They had to deal with dogs being let out on them, being washed down with fire hoses, being whooped with, and flogged, and all those things. We must hear those things. We cannot erase those things from our history books. We cannot tell, we cannot say, children, that these things, methods of oppression that happened in previous generations, we cannot erase that from you. We cannot hold that back from you like they're doing in Florida and Texas and other places. Mm -hmm. Because without that, without the clear knowledge of the adversarial aspects, these next generation won't know how to properly move forward. Anyway, let's look at this thing here, okay? Here it is, John 20, verse 19 through 21. Then on that same first day of the week, when it was evening, though the disciples were behind closed doors for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace to you. Verse 20, so saying, he showed them his hands and his side. And when the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy, delight, exaltation, ecstasy, and rapture. Then Jesus said to them again, peace to you. Just as the Father sent me forth, so am I sending you. So the first thing Christ did when he saw the next generation of leaders that he was training, when he, had that, when he resurrected, he didn't just show them his glory, he showed them his wounds. He showed them how they stabbed him in the side, those Romans stabbed him in the side. They showed how they nailed him to a cross. So we have to understand, we cannot sit there and ignore the traumas that we experience because we go against what Jesus did himself. Mm -hmm. You can't kumbaya without letting people understand the fullness of the trauma that you dealt with. See what I dealt with. See that I'm still living and I have power. And now you go forth in power and peace. That's a generational shift. Many of the saints of God are in difficult situations today. The adversary of God appears to have won the gamble of their life. But God says that in this hour that he is sending help. And that help is the next generation. There are youth. There are people who God is raising up in this hour 
that will rise and that will shine and that will bring an end to the traumas mm -hmm. that have pounced upon your generation's past. Christ was the generational shift to religion and politics. Christ was the generational shift to religion and politics. He wasn't about political power, nor was he about religious power. He was about kingdom power. He threw religion and politics to the wayside. Generations have endured difficult seasons of incidents and circumstances and betrayals. Listen, God says that he will raise you up and you will become a shifter for your generation. Hallelujah. Um, let me go to Jeremiah. I want to read this thing in Jeremiah because it's, it's some good juicy stuff here. Um, Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9 through 11. Uh, boy, I have so much more, but I will close. I think this is my last scripture uh, for today. But I'm going to Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9 through 11. This is the prophet Jeremiah, one who endured so much trauma in his time. It says, verse 9, I, don't, I can't go into the backstory. I don't have time. But Jeremiah was a prophet who nobody listened to. Except his one cousin. Except his one, yeah, one person. God sent him to, to go to the kingdoms and everywhere, and only one person would listen. So look at this. How many people feel? <laughs> anyway, let me not go there. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9 through 11. Jeremiah was frustrated, so this is what he said. If I say I will not remember him, the Lord, or speak the Lord's name anymore... Then my heart becomes a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. I am weary of enduring and holding it in. I cannot endure it nor contain it any longer. So we have to understand in verse 9, Jeremiah, God called him to speak, to cry loud and spare not. But adversaries all around him, and because the people did not want to listen to him, he felt like he should shut up. Let me just be quiet and mind my own business. But just God created Jeremiah to be a generational shifter. So the fire that God had within him, it was combusting and he could not hold it in. So one thing we have to understand, no matter how much people, when the earthquake is coming, when the spiritual quake is coming, it cannot be withheld. When God says it's time for a change, he will bring the fire to his change agents and it will transform the environment. Jeremiah transformed the environment. Verse 10, For I have heard the whispering and the defaming words of many. Terror on every side. Denounce him. Let us denounce him. People wanted to denounce Jeremiah. All my familiar and trusted friends, th those who are watching for my fall, they are watching for my fall. They say perhaps 
he will be persuaded and deceived. Then we will overcome him and take our revenge on him. Verse 11. <laughs> Here it comes, the finale. But the Lord is with me as a champion, one to be greatly feared. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble and will not overcome me. They will be completely shamed, for they have not acted wisely and have failed in their schemes. Here's the end, here's the end of verse. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. One of the greatest prophets in the scripture is Jeremiah. And he speaks clearly that those who try to do harm and try to quench the fire of God, they will fail and they will not be forgotten, which means that their failures will be remembered from generation to generation so that there will be success. God is not sending us help, but he is sending us extraordinary help. Jeremiah was extraordinary help for his age. God is sending the kind of help that will shake up the world. Even with Jesus Christ, they, they put him in a tomb with a 4,000 pound stone. No strong man on earth could move that. There is a human being that can move 4,000 pounds. The weight of the enemy's devices will become the seat of your helper. God will send an earthquake, which means that he will send a shift because of you. God will shift environments because of you. The enemy swore they had all the territory covered, but God creates a tectonic plate shift and creates open doors so that you can be the extraordinary generation that he has promised for you to be to your ancestors. The Lord will exceedingly satisfy your necessity. He will renew you. Christ rose from the dead. Not only did he rise from the dead, the stone was lifted, which was a blockade. To me, that stone is like that one plate, that closed spot, that one person thought they had control of all your destiny. The Romans swore they controlled the entire destiny of Christ by putting a big old stone that nobody can get to him. That he's dead, he's gone, and he'll never be remembered again. People swore, like what they did with Jeremiah, that he'll be shamed, he'll be defeated, and we can, you know, we can just write him off and bury him. Well, God says, let them try to bury you and watch him just shift the entire earth, and you just want to walk him free.
That's what he's doing in your generation. A divine shift will come to empower you and to empower future generations. So understand, as the generational shift comes, it won't be pretty. There will be rubble. But God is shifting things so that there can be freedom by the fire that you have had within. So understand that for a generational shift to occur, we have to make sure to preserve that fire and let that fire be transferred. The fire of the Holy Ghost come into your life. Come into the life of your elders so that during the transfer of power, the transfer of humanity, that the power of God will bring a shift that will bring change and freedom. So on this point, I'm going to give it to Prophet Shantae and she can close us out with a prayer or however God leads her. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Wonderful, wonderful Sunday. I pray that um, the Lord has been speaking to you through this message. I know he's been uh, speaking to me. And I want to just share... Um, something that the Lord wants me to just insert as we close out today. And that is, who are the seismographs or the seismographs? What is a seismograph? It is the historical data used to identify the fault zones that the earthquake will come to. It is what they use to assess the hazards of an earthquake. And the Lord said to me, he said, the prophets and the elders are your seismographs. Look around you. Where are your seismographs? Where are those people who have history with God, who have that prophetic download, who have the word of the Lord, who have the data of the Lord? That even as David shared with his son, David became that seismograph for the future. Mm. He became the one that had the history with God to be able to instruct his son on where the fault zones were. <laughs> he was the one that was assessing the hazards for the future generation. And so we do a we do a uh, a disservice to our younger people when we do not help them and we do not share with them the fault zones, when we don't share with them the hazards that have happened in our lives, that have happened in our generations, that have happened in your family. And so yes, help is coming, but we want that help to be prepared. We want that help to be aware of adversaries and allies as apostle preached. We want them to be ready to receive the wisdom of God for themselves. We want them to be able to understand warfare, even if they're sent to deliver peace. They still need to understand the aspects of warfare. And so even with David, David did not leave Solomon like a sitting duck to be attacked or to be manipulated or to be um, deceived, right? 
by the people who were of David's generation. He prepared him. He exposed what the adversaries were and he exposed what the allies were. And then finally, David said, the people that murder, don't forget who they are. Don't forget people who have a murderous spirit. Right. January 6th. Be generous to the merciful. These were the people that when I was on the run, they were merciful to me. They were hospitable to me. They opened up their homes to me. Be merciful and be generous to those who showed mercy. Deal with people who release curses on your generations. Mm-hmm. He said... I couldn't, I, I, I said I wouldn't do any harm, but I do need you to remember who tried to curse your future generations. Don't walk around in ignorance thinking that everybody is for you. Understand that there were some people that did not want our generations to continue. And then he said, finally, don't treat these people as if nothing had happened. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we hear it preached, forgive and forget. But in warfare, you understand that's not wise to just forget. All right. So there's a place for everything. All right. So and finally, as um, Apostle said, even Christ did not ignore his own trauma. He didn't try to hide it. He acknowledged his own trauma. He said, here, here are my wounds. I want you to know that this, this happened to me, but it wasn't the end of my story. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. See, I'm going to not ignore my trauma. I'm going to acknowledge my trauma, but I'm also going to acknowledge my triumph that I didn't just stay down, (laughs) but that I got back up again. Mm -hmm. And so our prayer for you today is that you will take hold of the principles in this word on today and you will understand that you have a responsibility to your generations. You have a responsibility to your future and that you are not called to ignore your trauma. Acknowledge what happened. Allow God to walk you through a healing process and then also understand that beyond the trauma, there is a triumph for you. Beyond Whatever death you experienced, whether it was um, the death of a relationship, whether it was the loss of employment, whether it was the loss of a home, whatever it is, if you're in Christ, he is going to bring you to the other side of that. There will be a resurrection. Okay, so we're going to pray into that right now. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy today. Thank you for your holiness. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your power. Thank you, Father, as you continue to walk us through this series of generational building and understanding what it means to shift a generation. Father, help us, oh God, in in each one of our lives, you have placed someone that will minister to us, who will be our seismographs, and then you have caused us, God, to be a seismograph for someone else. Father, help us to sit at the feet of our elders. Help us to to recognize when you are using our elders to speak to us so that we can be prepared for our future. And help us also to recognize when we're being used to cultivate 
someone from the future, someone who is a part of the future, someone who's going to carry on after we are no longer in this realm. Help us, God, to be stewards on both ends of the spectrum. Father, there's someone who does not know you today. As you shared with me, you said that, that Christ is the eternal word. Help us, Father, to receive the eternal word of salvation. Help them, Father God, to know that it is Christ who is the hope of glory, who is able to lead them and to guide them into all truth by his Holy Spirit. It is in your son, Christ Jesus' name, that we believe and we receive this word on today. Amen and amen. Uh, Listen, if you would like to contact us, feel free to contact us at LifeNationKC at gmail.com if you have any questions about today's word. Also, in the uh, comment section, you will see an invite to give along with our partners. Again, we want to thank you for your time and attention on today. Take care and be blessed.